Hello, listeners. It's been nearly a year since we released our previous episode of The Enthusiasts Guild. Sorry for the delay. We've had tech trouble, scheduling issues, and more. But season two is on the way. We have new gear, a new computer, three episodes already recorded, and others in the works. In the meantime, as an end-of-year bonus, we recorded a quick session on Zoom to share some of the things that we enjoyed in 2021. This is the Enthusiasts Guild, a place for conversations about wonderful and interesting things with the people who enjoy them. I'm Fletcher C. Finch. I'm Adam Zaremski. And we're sharing our top pop culture discoveries of 2021. So we've each prepared five uh, items. So we'll do a top 10 between the two of us of 2021. This was ridiculous. I mean, here you are trying to come up with like five pop culture things. I have no time for pop culture things with <laughs> parenting and kids. And I'm just whining right now. Like I have time. I have plenty of time. But when you sent this idea over, my mind just was like, I've watched the Wild Kratts for three years in a row. And that's about it. I'm like, I don't know that I've seen anything new. Like, I, yeah. So how many pop culture items do you have, Adam? It was a struggle. I've got three. But I'm I'm throwing in a fourth one that won't fit the category, but I'm gonna make it work. All right. Well, I'm I'm eager to hear what you've got. So what I'm gonna go with because I, we don't know what the other is talking about. Right. Fun. It makes it interesting, so we can communicate a little better. We didn't plan too much. We plan, but not too much. But what I wanted to kind of say, um, so the idea discovering pop culture, <laughs> and it's not pop culture, but the the library system. <laughs> And what I wanted to say is completely valid. I like that. Like I, it's not that I discovered it in the past year. I've known about the library system, you know, as a kid growing up. Um, And I'm primarily talking about the Buffalo Erie County library system, but also the New York public library system that all New York state residents have access to. um, I love that. It's fantastic. The digital eBooks or audio books. But I was just thinking, and I saw like you said an overview of kind of what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And I thought of like some of the ones I'm talking about, like there's uh, two shows in a, a graphic novel. Um, the one show you can't get at the library because it's through Apple and Apple's, you know, hasn't released this through DVD at all. But the other two, you can get through the library system. So you don't actually need um, anything special. You don't have to pay for these. You can request it. And maybe for like a quarter um, you can access these things. So there's so many ways to access this pop culture stuff. And I guess for me, it was just like, I really want to highlight that idea that you can go, you don't have to go pay for it. You can find it. And I'm not saying, you know, it is free, but it is through our tax system, through our tax dollars, and we're supporting it. But it's such an awesome thing to have where one of the things I'm going to talk about later in this graphic novel, um, I was able to read it through the library first and I went and ended up getting the collected editions. But at the same time, I read it first and I was like, I really like this. I want it instead of buying it. And then maybe you're like, Oh, what am I going to do with it? Like, and I like the collecting because I do have the whole collecting aspect where I got a lot of graphic novels and it's awesome when you get the hardcover or you're holding it in your hands and you can pick it up anytime. But the library just offers, you can, go through so much. You can rent the DVDs, the CDs, you can check out a lot of albums. Um, And again, like the New York public library system that we're all 
part of too. You can, you know, my wife and I, we both use it for ebooks and audiobooks. My sister and brother in law, I know, are big users of it. And I try to just encourage people. And I should, uh, I don't know that you even know this yet. Um, just as a disclaimer, I am going to be joining the Aurora Town Public Library Board of Trustees in January. Um, so I'll be sworn in. That's Thank you. Um, it's an unpaid position, so it's not like I'm benefiting by promoting the libraries right now. But uh, you and your pro library agenda, right? <laughs> I just love I being able to literacy and people <laughs> culture. So wonderful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I guess for me, it was the idea that there's so many pop culture things out there. And you might think, how do I experience that? Local library, get a card. Takes no time to get a card. You can request it from any branch. You can go visit different branches. I did that recently, which was awesome. And I just feel like that's a great utility to have. So, you know, since I'm going to be joining the board of the Aurora Town Public Library, in January and helping them out in any way I can. I just thought I would put a plug in for that. That's that's a good plug. I have definitely benefited from the services of the Aurora Public Library and our library system generally in recent years. And my goodness, uh, I, I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks in the past year or so, and I would not be able to purchase all of the ones that I've listened to. So yeah, the library is a great way to discover pop culture. Do you use the New York Public Library app? I then? do, and Buffalo yeah. and Erie County. Yep. yep. And you can do it through the Libby app and a lot of features, just as a, another plug out there. All right. I like that. So that's how a, about you? That's a great starter. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I Again, there's there's just options. So I was trying to get that. But um, So for you, what's an actual thing you discovered in 2021? Because part of the criteria you said was not so much that it came out in 2021, but that um, you discovered it. This is actually my my only sad one, and this is something that came out in 2021. It's the album Pressure Machine by The Killers. It was released in August, and I, have you heard this at all? No, I haven't. It's fantastic. It's very different than most of their music. It's intensely personal. It actually sounds a lot like early Springsteen to me. And the genesis of this album was that the lead singer, you know, with COVID and lockdown and everything, the band wasn't on tour. Lead singer Brendan Flowers kind of went back and reconnected with the small town in Utah he grew up in. And each song on the album starts with clips of people from the town talking or sharing stories, sharing memories. And a lot of it is, it's very... uh, it's sad and it's moving and uh, it's emotionally taxing. It's actually one of the few albums that I enjoy that I had to space out my listens to it because it it just it can wear on you. Although it's it's so well done, I, I deeply enjoyed it and it has themes of frustration and yearning and there's talk about you know crushing poverty and people in debt and religion and the opioid crisis and hope and you know escaping the small town or the values of the small town so it's it's really fascinating and um if you wanted to check out just one song from the album i'd recommend uh, quiet town which is about two teenagers who died when 
uh, Brandon Flowers was younger, uh, they were struck by a train. And it's kind of, you know, this isn't the sort of thing that should happen in a small town. How does it compare to some of their their other albums? Because they're they're a fairly popular band. And people probably yeah. recognize that sound. It's it's a little more uh, like roots rock, I'd say. Um, it's it's stripped down. Hmm. Um, if if you like kind of uh, folky music, or like I said, early Springsteen, I I think it has a lot of. Um, overlap not just in in sound but in theme to early Springsteen too. I believe they actually recorded a song with Springsteen, didn't they? They did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd seen the the album for it, and uh, it looked, or I'd seen the music video for it. Oh, cool! I discovered that one through a fellow Western New York podcaster, Josh Fitzgerald of the Movies That Rock podcast. He had shared it on Twitter, and said he didn't expect to like it as much as he did but he he found it really moving and i did as well do you find it on a a regular uh playlist for you how often do you you know tune into the the new killers album i i'd say it's more the sort of thing if i feel like sitting back and listening to music uh i haven't listened to it as kind of background to other activities gotcha because it's not something you want to have in your background maybe you want to just focus on it and think of it yeah yeah it's a it's a bit heavy for uh (laughs) for washing dishes (laughs) there's uh the podcast song exploder i love that podcast so much they they talked to him uh brandon is it brandon flowers is that the name um they had talked to him on one of his songs and you know i i I enjoyed the, the killers where it was just kind of a fun you know like a lot of music where you're like okay cool yeah, but a- after listening to him and how he uh, was deconstructing his song, and I forget the specific one, maybe we can put a link or something or whatever. Sure. But um, the he was just talking about how personal it was, and come up with some of the lyrics. And you know, I'll actually go back to that song exploder and actually just slide through to the end to listen to the song. Or sometimes I'll listen to it again. It's one of the few podcasts I'll go back and re-listen to because it was enjoyable so much um, so song exploder is just so good uh it would have been on my list of favorite discoveries except i discovered it last year not this year <laughs> right <laughs> and they did a netflix special too i think yeah. i haven't seen that but i've that seen a- one episode of the netflix show and and really enjoyed it and i've listened to a lot of the episodes of the podcast but that's a funny one too song exploder is something that i I don't tend to listen to while I'm doing other things. I tend to listen to it, you know, kicked back with my eyes closed so I can fully focus on it. But right. You want to yeah. hear it. Maybe if you're going for a walk or something, it's a nice one where you can oh, that's plug a great, in. Yeah. Great opportunity for that. Okay. So, uh, there's one, it's a show Ted Lasso. Um, have you seen it? I have not. I've heard fantastic things. I haven't seen a minute of it yet. So I've got, I've tried to be very selective because there's a billion hours of television or movies you could watch or audio, you know, albums you can listen to. So I'm very like, it's almost, Oh, it's a great show. And I'm like, okay, like it's in my mind. I know it's, I've heard it's a great show, whatever. And I'd heard some people, same thing, say Ted Lasso. Great. But it was on a streaming service we didn't have. And I'm like, I'm not making the effort to get another one. Like it's going to be a great show. I'll just not see it. I'm fine with it. And so I don't have a ton to say about the show itself because I've only seen like maybe the first five, six episodes, I think of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, we went on vacation to uh, my brother and sister-in-law's house 
and we stayed with them for a couple of days in Charlotte over um, November. And at some point, he was telling me some of the jokes that came up from the show, and you know, we were laughing about it. And he's like, "You got to watch it. You got to watch." It. I'm like, "I don't. It's on Apple TV or whatever." And I'm like, "We don't have Apple. I'm not getting Apple." And so he's like, "You got to watch. It. You got to watch it." And it, it it came down to like the last night we're there. The next day we're leaving. <laughs> you know, we're been drinking all day, and he's like, "We're gonna watch it." And I'm like, "Whatever. We'll pass the time." And and I was so I told him afterwards because we watched. I think we just streamed five episodes for a while. Kids are in bed and we just kept going and going. And we had to finally stop because it's like one in the morning. And I'm like, I hate you, Eric. Because now this is show at some point, like my wife and I have talked about how we are for at least a month going to subscribe to that service so we can watch and catch up to it. Because it was so good. It was just, you know, I guess I've heard like heartfelt and, you know, heartwarming almost. Um, slash Jason Sudeikis is fantastic in the lead role. I think he's often underrated as an actor because he's good at being funny and people don't realize how hard it is to be good at comedy. Yes. He's just, he does it so well in the character. So the whole, if people don't know Ted Lasso, it's uh, uh, about a uh, English soccer slash football club. And you know, the, 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 owner got divorced and now his wife holds the team and she basically wants to destroy the team because he loved it so much. So she's so angry at him. So she hires an actual, an American football, like college coach to now coach this very high, you know, ranking soccer club. And he has no experience coaching soccer at all, but he, you know, he comes in and in what I saw in the first five episodes, he comes in and he's just like, all right, whatever. Like he just goes through with positivity and it's like, you know, making the people who are around you successful. Like it's not about making him successful. It's about making them successful. It seems like, and just being this very cheerful force almost, but you know, it's, it's, it's unrealistic in a fashion, (laughs) but it's also kind of, again, Jason Sudeikis carries it and all the other characters do a great job. Um, so I have to check that out. Yeah, it don't like again. I don't have a ton to say, but it was very well done. I thought where you're just streaming it, and it's normally again. I can say I would watch a show and be like, ah, okay, saw some fun. I'm done with it. But this one, I really want to know what happens next. I want to go back and see the characters. Um, all of them were kind of endearing. Each episode was funny and fascinating, and um, yeah, it was just so. If you have a chance, Ted Lasso. That um, going back to the library thing. It is not in the library system. So boo to you, Apple. <laughs> boo to you. Because they have not released it on DVD at all. Um, but whatever. There's so many other things you can get there. So, <laughs> so that would be my next one that I discovered fairly recently. And I'll have to discover more of it probably during the holiday break. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking I may have to discover that during the holiday break as well. Yeah. Just do it for a month. It's cheap. So, How about you? What, what else did you discover? All right. My next one is a podcast. Uh, it's called Nice Try. It's hosted by Avery Truffleman. It's created by Vox Media. I haven't actually heard the first season, which focused on uh, attempts that people had in the in the past to create utopian societies. I heard it was really good. I kind of got some some good buzz at that time, but I hadn't heard it. This season explores common home products and their histories. So kind of 
how consumer products are sold to the American public, pretty much like vacuum cleaners and uh, home workout equipments, crock pots, things like that. And a lot of it on either how the product promises to make your life easier or make your life better and how much that is true or not, depending on how things play out. Um, one specific episode that I'd pick out is one called The Weight, and it looks at home workout equipment. And what I didn't realize before listening to this show is that decades ago, uh, sports coaches actually encouraged their athletes not to lift weights and not to do like weight training because they were afraid that people would get muscle bound and not be able to move and not be flexible and all of that. And it was basically one person had this huge crusade to change that and he did a lot to popularize weightlifting and if you know the name avery truffleman uh, she previously worked on 99 invisible and there she had done a, a show that i loved called articles of interest which was about the history of clothes and fashion uh, so that's another high recommend cool so they take like a deep dive on how things are sold to the american consumer basically here's the vacuum cleaner. The vacuum cleaner used to be, a, they'd actually drive a giant truck that was the vacuum and bring a hose to your house. And then kind of how we got from that to the, the home vacuum cleaner and how it was, you know, ingrained in all of us that it's an essential home appliance. Have they done the lawnmower yet? I don't believe so. Or if, um, if they have, I haven't heard it, but I'd, I'd, I, I, I feel kind of funny uh, suggesting this because it's one that I'm not all the way through, but I've just really enjoyed the episodes I've heard so far. Nice. It, it, now, would this one be uh, a washing the dishes type of situation? You can sit, you know, kind of go through the day. You're doing a chore and you're listening and hearing and getting some information. Definitely. See, the problem with doing stuff like this is now I want, like, now you want to check out Dead Lasso. <laughs> now I want, I want to listen to Nice Try. So I guess it's good. These are good things to do. And that's what we're trying to do for our listeners here. But there's just so much. <laughs> what else have you discovered? I hate that I'm like two of the things on my list are TV shows. Um, but the next one is the... If it makes you feel better, my next two are TV shows. Oh, perfect. <laughs> that's that's why Fletcher, we are good friends, good hosts. <laughs> um, the next one is uh, Superman and Lois. It was the CW television show. Um, where it highlights the life of Superman slash Clark Kent with um, as he's married to Lois Lane. Um, but in this one, kind of the difference is different than other portrayals of Superman over the years between comics and TV shows and movies. Uh, the two of them have two teenage boy sons. So um, they're probably like freshmen, sophomores in high school. And the whole concept is they're in Smallville, the big, or sorry, they're in Metropolis to start big metropolitan city, like a New York city style. And it's some, something happens that takes them over to Smallville where they now live. And so it's kind of, you know, it's Clark Kent readapting, coming back to his hometown, which is struggling. And, um, the, the son's struggling going from like very popular kids kind of, for one of them anyway. And, um, but having friends and now going to the small town community where they have to try to get to know people. And for a couple episodes, they're struggling with that, you know, as teenage high school people would probably just moving like that and 
but um have you seen it no that's i know absolutely nothing about the show somehow this was just completely off my radar if so you'd always talked about uh like the arrow shows flash and so they're all together and so i guess what happened with this one is the character who played superman carcant and lois were in those but then they branched out to create this new one but it's for the people who are listening and are thinking i don't want to watch arrow flash and all these other shows to catch up it this has almost nothing to do with those ones okay. it's like they're and from reading online forums some people are always be like why are they going to connect but they don't they just kind of do their own thing and it's almost like no one else exists in the world but these people which is oh, interesting. good so if you're not familiar to it um, you don't f- have to do homework before you can enjoy the show. Exactly. You know who Superman is. Um, you know who Lois is. Basically, they're pop culture icons from the 1930s. So, and I guess what surprised me most about the show, like I went into it, I didn't want to like it because I just didn't want another <laughs> show to watch. Like when you have a show, I, I really enjoy the Superman character. I've come to really embrace him more over the years. Um, some of the different comics have the more one-off stories are very good to listen to, but some of the movies that come out have come out recently with him. It's kind of like, eh, okay, it's Superman, but the show did such a great job for both, both Clark Kent slash Superman and Lois Lane. Um, and surprisingly, you know, if it's on the channel CW, which I guess for some of us, it was the WB, you know, kind of had evolved into this. yeah. Yeah. It evolved into the CW. And you just think of like, teen angst or this drama where someone miscommunicates basically and they hate each other for five episodes and it's that crap they they avoid that so it's not too soapy you're saying no they do such a good job where um you know characters might argue but they like each other they really like there's the two brothers they're twins um but they and the you know they argue like brothers but in the end they always try to help each other and surprisingly I didn't hate the fact that there's two teenage kids in the show. And whenever they would cut to the, you know, I'm not a teenager anymore, but <laughs> they would cut to it. I'm just like, and you weren't, they didn't go into the deep drama you might find on some other shows, but they, um, they just did a nice job of, I guess I'd say wholesome in a fashion. Yeah. Um, it's almost like they recognize there are bigger issues in the world. You know, here's Superman going off to save the world. And it's like, should we really argue about this little petty thing? well, we'll do it for a minute and then we'll let it go. Like, we'll understand. Um, it goes a little corny at times, but the filming is fantastic. It feels like you're watching a movie at times. Like, they did a very good job with the special effects. They did a great job with the the visual camera work. Um, you know, some of the scenes with Superman, I'd put them up there with a movie if you're watching it. And it's it, they don't do a ton of it. And when it happens, it's epic in a fashion. Like there's one in the very first episode, he, he has to fly from Metropolis to Smallville and I won't spoil anything. Um, and just the way they do it, it's like a tender moment, but it was done so well. And there's so many other times where he has to like rescue his family and they all have like these little beepers almost, and they can just be like quickly hit the button and he'll go, go to them. Mm -hmm. And it'll be like, just, it's so instantaneous and it's so good. And maybe it's, that family aspect where I'm at now in my life and you're watching you're like it's it's corny I know but it's cool it's 
they do a good job of like uh, making Superman more of that character of hope that they kind of got away from in some of the more recent movies. Now, before we move on to the next topic, I would like you to describe what you're wearing right now for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I have two of them, two different ones, but I am wearing a Superman ugly Christmas sweater that I purchased and I've had for a few years. So it's got the, and the back of it looks is all red. So it'd be like the Superman cape. It's got the big red S with the yellow background. And then it's also got a variety of S's with the Superman logo and snowflakes. Um, uh, red sleeves with blue, kind of like his, it looks like his outfit, but with a lot of Christmas attire to it. I'm so happy that you found a Superman show that you enjoy. It was so good. Uh, My wife and I watched it and she enjoyed it, which made it even better, I think. And she kind of had the similar thoughts where it was just very well done and you like the characters. And, And like, I think they did a great job with Lois Lane too where it wasn't just always this helpless person. She, she's a journalist. Yeah. She's a major journalist. And, and I think the relationship they had for the two characters was awesome where Clark could go watch her all day long and protect her. But for the most part, he's just like, I'll let you be. I trust you. Like you're going to go do it. I can't stop you. (laughs) And it was, it was good. So if you have a chance, Superman Lois, I think it's only one season so far. Two might be coming out soon. So that was, yeah, that was me. How about you? What else did you discover? Uh, Another TV show, Ghosts, the UK version. Uh, There is an American version, which I can't say anything about. I've not seen it yet, but I'm through the first season, or I should say the first series because it is a UK show, uh, which is only six episodes. There are three series out right now. And it's about a woman who moves into a haunted house and she begins to see and hear the ghosts that are haunting the house and interact with them. It's currently on HBO Max, uh, which is where I've been watching it. And it's really funny. It's well thought out. It's well acted. A lot of times, especially modern comedies, I'm not a big fan of the cringe comedy. I just, this one doesn't have too much cringe. I can just kind of relax and laugh. There are lots of jokes, lots of payoffs pretty gentle humor most of the time and uh yeah again a really talented cast so if uh you have hbo max or have access to uk tv programming i would highly recommend that one how'd you come across this one a friend recommended the u.s version of ghosts and i was looking up online and i realized that the uk version the original was available on hbo and I have someone's password to HBO. <laughs> and so I was able to enjoy it. Good cast. Yeah. Yeah. Really good cast. A lot of uh, British comedians and some actors I've seen in other things. The uh, The main star, Charlotte Ritchie, was previously on Call the Midwife. Uh, and I know that she was uh, in a lead role there, but she's got some great comedic chops. Uh, the timing is good. The... Um, the storylines kind of interweave together nicely and you get a lot of play off of different personalities between the the different ghosts and which eras they came from too. All right. W- what else have you got? Um, oh, so uh, the one thing, uh, a friend, I've heard about it before. It's a graphic novel uh, saga. Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm all new to this. So um, in kind of the, uh, a good friend, Dan Trace, 
you know, I'd heard of it, but he had, um, he had gotten a couple of the, the early trade paperbacks, the collected editions, and he shared it with me. And then from there, I went to the library and got, you know, the rest of them. And then I up to the current point. And then at some point, because it was so good, I went and found the hardcover editions. Um, oh, nice. Got all three of them. I found them used. But so Saga is a graphic novel. Sorry, cat. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I discovered this year is the cat continues to be her normal fun self. <laughs> um, so Saga is a series of, it starts off with a couple and it's involves like alien races. Um, and these two main alien races are at war with each other that has spread out across the galaxy in some fashion. Um, but these two alien races who are fighting kind of like a Romeo Juliet aspect, they fall in love, have a kid. And from there though, you learn right, like right away, both sides want everyone gone dead. They want them out of the picture. And the book is written by Brian K. Vaughn and it's illustrated by Fiona Staples. Um, the great thing about it, first of all, is like same author throughout, same um, artist throughout, and you can tell they have a good collaboration with each other. Um, the books, if you've kind of like delved in the graphic novel, comic book world, it's highly rated out there. It's one where people, when they do get into it, they're just like, it's fantastic. So it's basically the the couple, they have a small kid and they kind of then jet set around the universe in some fashion, interacting with other species, with people who are trying to, to kill them. Um, different ideas. It goes a mix of like humor slash it, there is graphic violence, but it's not... I don't think I would call it gratuitous in a fashion. It it's part of the story. Um, I, I think the key part of it is the family dynamic, the family building where you see this couple who's trying to raise a kid on the run and through the galaxy while people are trying to hunt them and they just want to be good parents in a fashion. Um, kind of like one little spoiler very early on, you'll find like first couple issues you know, they need to leave the planet they're on right now. And they find, they go to this place of like the forest of rocket ships, I think. I'm not sure if I'm describing that exactly, but they basically find a tree that is a rocket ship. So it, the tree takes off and it's like, you know, it makes no sense that wood can fire off, like a tree could fire off of a planet and traverse the galaxy. And but it's just cool. Like it doesn't work. And I, I thought I read somewhere where the the writer and artist were like, they wanted to do something as weird as possible where I'll never have a chance to be filmed. Like just crazy. Like some of the, the aliens are really fascinating. The characters are so good. You care about them. I mean, honestly, sometimes I forget what's happening in the story. And mainly what's happening is just this family trying to escape others. And along the way, they you know, meet some people, carry them along. Sometimes a lot of people do die in it. Um, but it's mainly just following this family around. So like, that's kind of the plot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once I, uh, once my friend Dan shared it with me, the first couple and I got the rest, it was just so good. And I, I still sometimes try to think like, what is it about it that hooked me? And it was just, I think really the character aspect to it. You, you do care about what's happening to them. You want to 
see what's going to happen next. And it's fun. It's a great adventure story. It's a great book where it's just, instead of worrying about it being, how are they going to film it? You think, oh, they probably never will. So you just try to really enjoy what they've done, how they've done it. Um, the one thing they, uh, I think they're up to issue 55, maybe. And they took like a four-year break. Oh, wow. And so starting January, they're actually restarting it. But I only came into it like earlier in this year, probably around January, February of 2021. Um, and I'm really glad I did because I've heard about it in the past, but I never delved into it until Dan shared the, the volume with me. And finding out now that they had taken this long break, but they're going to start up in January with them again. I'm like, oh, oh I hate to wait. So perfect. Yeah, it really is because it, it does end on a. It, it they have a lot of cliffhangers throughout the book, and if I'd had to wait for some of these much longer, it would have been very frustrating. Um, so that's something I discovered, and I'm looking forward to in 2022. Well, my final item for uh, pop culture discoveries of 2021 is the TV show Taskmaster which is the most I have ever laughed ever in my entire life. It's a British panel show. It started in 2015 and the first nine seasons are available for free on YouTube. And there's not really a description I could do that would give, that would do it justice. But the premise is that each season or series, they have five comedians or other TV personalities and they compete in ridiculous and strange tasks. And um, just for example, some of the tasks uh, paint the best picture of a horse while riding a horse. <laughs> uh, so dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and that's, that's it's exactly what it sounds like. And it's so funny to see. And, you know, some people are better at painting while bumping up and down on a horse than you would expect. And some people are not. And then at the end, you get to see all of their paintings side by side and I think you get to see the horse as well. So you can kind of compare it and the uh, titular taskmaster, Greg Davies, then awards points on how well the people did. And um, it's from the mind of comedian Alex Horn, who is the one who interacts with most of the, the other panelists or comedians during the show. And he'll give them tasks like conceal this pineapple on your person or Make this Swedish person blush. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. It's so creative. It's funny to watch how people approach things. It's fun to, as you're watching, kind of armchair quarterback and be like, how would I do this? How would I hide a pineapple on my person? And the editing is among the best I've ever seen on reality or, or game show TV. It's just extremely funny and uh yeah i i just love the show i've burned through all nine seasons that are available for free uh it's it's so good was it something you just stumbled across i discovered this through another podcast uh extra hot great which is a tv podcast and they had mentioned it um they did kind of a run through of one of the episodes and i thought it sounded funny they highly recommended it I had no idea just how funny it really would be. What do you like about the British humor? I think that it's the combination of taking things seriously and things that are just absolutely preposterous. 
uh, in the same moment. That's I, I grew up watching a lot of Monty Python and that sort of thing. So I think I was probably primed for it. But Taskmaster, like I said, it is the most I've ever laughed. Is it like a deadpan aspect? Would you describe like they're uh, often? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the the British comedy shows are very good at at having deadpan and having that. Um, sometimes there's a formality, and even when they swear, it sounds different. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, and and that's that's a warning if you do decide to watch Taskmaster. The first couple uh, series that they have on YouTube, they bleep out the swearing somewhere a little bit later in the run they just let the f-bombs fly so <laughs> so be prepared you you might want to watch that one after your kids go to bed nice those are our top pop culture discoveries of 2021 i'm going to put links to everything that we can in the show notes so do check them out let us know what you think and you know enjoy the end of 2021 and good luck to everyone in 2022 Exactly. It'll be a good year. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Enthusiast's Guild. You can subscribe and hear all our episodes through your podcast player of choice. Find us on Facebook at The Enthusiast's Guild, on Twitter at Enthusiast Guild, or contact us at theenthusiastsguild at gmail.com. Our music this episode is The Show Must Go On by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com under a Creative Commons license.